Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. Just, they're just basic. They're just fundamental to our faith. The physical resurrection of Jesus Christ, the man who lived in Nazareth, you know, who died in Jerusalem on a cross just outside the city, who was buried in the tomb of Joseph, who was from Arimathea. That man, God raised from the dead on the third day. And a ton of people saw him. It's crucial that we know that. In today's message, Pastor Robert will remind you that unlike other religious faiths, Christianity is the only one that is historically verified to be accurate. Jesus wasn't some unseen phantom in biblical times. He lived and died and was miraculously risen from the grave. But make no mistake, his seemingly storybook resurrection doesn't make him any less real. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. had a group leading a Bible study in South Beach, this was 10 years ago, I guess, that um, their founder was a former Baptist minister. Basically, to make a long story short, back in the 60s, you know, the, 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 the era of free love and free sex and so forth and so on, he decided he liked that better than what he found in the Bible. And so he blended some of the scriptural truths with what he liked best out of that free love, free sex, drug culture, and came up with something, a hybrid Christianity. It's called syncretism, by the way, when you take one thing, one religion and another, and put it together. He kind of made up a religion that revolved around sex and blended it with Christianity and embraced basically polygamy, but of course that's illegal in the United States, so they weren't getting married. It was just they were sharing one another. And the, the young ladies were encouraged to go out and, and share the gospel with young men and whomever and it, it tangibly express the love of God. Basically, they'd go out and seduce you know, people, and the way they expressed God's love was through sex. And, and then the... Um, so many ended up contracting AIDS and, and different sexually transmitted diseases and, and dying that they, they finally eliminated the practice, you know, and, and the, um, the whole free love, free sex thing is only within the confines of their community. But they referred to all of the young men and women who died from sexually transmitted diseases as martyrs for their faith. Perverse. 
twisted. Because they, they, they veered off the rails. They, they got away from And see, that's why Paul is, Paul is so adamant. He's saying, guys, you need to understand, some things are just, they're just basic. They're just fundamental to our faith. The physical resurrection of Jesus Christ, the man who lived in Nazareth, you know, who died in Jerusalem on a cross just outside the city, who was buried in the tomb of Joseph, who was from Arimathea. That man, God raised from the dead on the third day. And a ton of people saw him. It's crucial that we know that, that we understand the importance. By the way, the um, and I'm going to go into just a little bit about this, but I, I encourage you to pick up a copy of The Case for Easter. It's just a little booklet. You'll read it on, on a lunch break. The Case for Easter by Lee Strobel. He goes into so much detail and expresses so much evidentiary proof for the resurrection. Do you, you understand what I mean by that? Nobody was there watching it happen. You know, C.S. Lewis points out, there was no witness to the resurrection. Nobody was sitting inside the tomb watching the body come back to life. But there were a lot of people who saw him die. And then less than a week later, saw him up and around again, as if nothing had happened. As if nothing had happened. He was up and around. Now, I don't mean without scars, but I mean, you know, not like half dead, barely breathing, you know, almost not able to talk. I mean, he, he was up and around. He's walking, walking long distances, eating. He, he, for over a month, he walked around the resurrected Christ, spending time with the people who loved him before he ascended to the Father. And these things we, we need to be clear on and, and we need to understand, you know, the, the, the evidences. Some say that, well... We know that this man, Jesus, who was from Nazareth, was crucified for sedition by the Romans, by, at the behest of the Jewish leadership, you know, and outside. We know all these things happened historically. We, we, we know that happened. But the whole resurrection thing? Nah. See, what, what happened was they crucified him, and, and he passed out. And so when he came to, he just pushed the stone out of the way and walked out. Well, that doesn't... Pass the laugh test, as they say. Why not? Well, as Lee Strobel goes into in this little booklet, you know, and, and evaluating the whole process, when you look at the historical account that we have, this is a historical account, by the way. That's not all the Bible is, but it is that. And when we look at it, the night before he was crucified, we're told he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is just right there next to Jerusalem. And he was praying and agonizing. He was under such stress that he began to sweat blood. Well, that's impossible, right? No, it's not. It's, it's actually a rare but well-known medical condition. The stress causes the capillaries to burst. And it's not like all of a sudden it's pure blood pouring out of their body. That, that's not it. It's, it's that there's a little bit of blood mingled with the sweat. The body's under such physical stress that... That this happens, and we're told it was happening to him. And then they came and arrested him. Took him, and you know, the, the trials that happened, and, and then they beat him. But the way they beat him, according to historians, when the Romans got through flogging a criminal, often their internal organs were exposed because everything had been ripped away. Often, often their spine was exposed. Enormous blood loss. 
And the heart's beating faster and faster trying to pump blood that's not there. And so the blood pressure drops. And they're, they're thirsty and, and they're weak. And, and the medical doctor that Lee Strobel interviewed said he was probably in critical condition before he ever got to the cross. He carries the cross beam as far as he can and, and then he, he just can't carry it. And so somebody else carries it. And, and then they get to the top of the hill and they, they lay him down on the cross beam. And they take five to seven inch spikes and drive them through the, the wrist. Right at that point, you know, behind the bones there, behind the, right where the nerve is. And so, again, just excruciating. Oh, by the way, you know where that word comes from? Off the cross. Excruciating agony. And they nail him to the cross beam. And, and then... They take that and lift him up. So we don't know how much he weighed, but let's just say for the sake of argument that, that he was short and skinny, 125 pounds. But it's all hanging from two spikes. And so the shoulders are dislocated and the arms stretch out. And then they nail his feet to the stake. Have you ever seen anybody with a shoulder dislocated? How many of you guys have seen that? Or had it happen to you? I saw it just this week before last in, in one of the training exercises. One of the guys just, you know. It, yeah. Who was it? that One of the quarterbacks, the Pennington, right? That's what happened to him, the Dolphins quarterback. Imagine, he's hanging there. Both of them are out of the socket. His arms are being stretched out. They're, they're doing, it, see, what happens to someone being crucified, generally speaking, is that they end up suffocating. Because they, in order to expel the gases... They have to raise themselves up on their feet with the nail and exhale. And then they take another breath, you know, take another breath, and, and then they have to raise themselves back up. So you, you can only do that for a little while after you've been beaten nearly to death and undergone what he had undergone. But, but, see, what they suggest is that he, he went through all of that. And, and then when the soldier with the spear came, he missed the heart. This guy who, I mean, it's, that's his business, that's what he does, but he, but he missed, and he didn't even realize he missed. Okay, give him that. The spear guy missed. There's still a gaping hole, right? Big spear hole up in, you know. listening to Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain. During this season that's filled with uncertainty, we know that one thing is unchanged. God is in control. We encourage you to take time daily to spend in the Word, in prayer. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Miami Beach is holding church online. We'd love for you to join us. Go to calvarymiamibeach.org to connect to our Sunday virtual service and be sure to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more messages. We also know how essential prayer is during this time and we want you to know we're already praying for you. Is there anything specific we can be lifting up to the Lord? Please let us know through our prayer request form at calvarymiamibeach.org. Would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Robert 
and our church staff in your prayers, as well as our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and if you feel led to support Main Thing Radio financially during this time, we would be grateful. You can donate online at calvarymiamibeach.org. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Main Thing Radio.